Right, okay. friends. It's definitely your turn to open things up this time. Oh, it is. Yeah, this is episode 23, right? Yep. Uh, and I'm, I'm promised not to drag you for doing an intro the way you dragged me. Um, thanks. thanks. If, if you, if you um, do it well and professionally, I'm not going to laugh at you. Okay, cool. Um, hello and welcome to CryptoZone. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Hi. Hi. Uh, it's episode 23, The Thunderbird. Who are you? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm Lois Stone. I'm Jeremy uh, Hughes. We're talking about <laughs> birds. Hell yeah, big birds. Big birds. Mm-hmm. Large birds. Yeah, and also cars. Gonna, we're gonna talk about cars okay you're gonna talk about cars i don't know anything about cars oh yeah all right let's yeah. do it we started recording and i'm already really warm so hold on give me one second all right okay leave the sand ben okay we're good great you the actually so i don't know about you jeremy's but you know we're, we're recording this uh in the time of self-isolation yep we're in plague we jail are, we are both in plague jail so most of my outfits now involve the crop tops that i have like bought over time and only occasionally wear out um see i want to like i want to be living that life but i don't have any crop tops i have gen- genuinely considered just taking a, some scissors to t-shirts i like less i was gonna say if you own a pair of scissors you also own a bunch of potential crop tops yeah but i don't know what the I don't know what the right kind of level is to, like, how high do you go? Well, see, the thing is, don't cut it too high, and then you can always cut it higher. That's true. That's a good point. That's a great <laughs> yeah. point. God, I, I'm already losing my mind at the possibilities. This sounds great. Kit, <laughs> Kit is going to hate this. I'm really looking for. I've been thinking about cutting a bunch of jorts. So I mean, uh, I'm already, I already have jorts that I bought pre-cut. So you know, I'm living that life. Nice, nice. Uh huh. It's great. Yeah, you can just oh, yeah. get away with so many crimes because no one, no one is gonna see you. Yeah. No. And uh, yeah, I just get to to live in my home. I feel like we're actually getting to like hang out more now that we're both in plague jail. Yeah, we are. Just because we don't get to hang out with real people. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so it's like, oh, my friend who's already in the internet. Right. Um. You know. Yeah. You don't have to like adjust to being in the internet. You just you're just there. It's true that we were already doing and, like, this. Yeah. And for me, time has lost real meaning. So like Yeah, I I you know, we're not like constrained by obligations anymore. Well for not seeing each okay. other. Okay. Speak for yourself. I'm I'm yeah. still constrained by obligations. I just have to do them inside my own apartment and like slowly yeah. lose my grip on reality. Yeah, no, I don't have to do that. So fair enough. Yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, yeah, this will come out in the future. So who knows? This might be a nice uh, blast from the past from when we were all in plague jail. Mm-hmm. I, I expect the next time we record this, we will still be in plague jail <laughs> and the time after that. Uh, uh, which I, is a bummer. I think we're going to look back on this and be like, man, we were we were so sane back then. <laughs> yep. Have you been having an okay time in plague jail? I mean, it's been fine. Yeah, I miss I miss the outsides. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I'm not really mm-hmm. getting any exercise apart from the occasional run. Yeah, I don't know. It was nice to be able to leave the apartment. Yeah, just my opinion. Same. Uh, I played a lot of video games. Nice. Yeah, sounds good. How about you? <laughs> uh, I've been reading a lot and just sort of doing stuff around the flat nice. yesterday i hung up a mirror on my wall that i stole from a bin great so that was good been meaning to do that for a while i mean i'd already stolen it from the bin i just hadn't put it up yet right so now i've got a new mirror which is great nice um i also built sort of jerry-rigged a shelf out of some other stuff i stole from a bin yeah i saw so. i saw the picture it looks good <laughs> uh so i've got two i've got the one in the kitchen which is actually just a desk drawer from a de- a bin desk mm-hmm. that I turned into a shelf and then I like made a shelf out of a broken part of a different drawer mm-hmm. using an exacto knife. Nice. That's so powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you use an exacto knife, you uh yeah, you get that feeling. I was like measuring things, I'm like, haha, power. That exacto feeling. Yeah. Yeah. We have um, a lot of street furniture here. My partner is great at rescuing things from the street and reupholstering it. 
So we have a lot of that shit here. Hell yeah, street furniture. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about it and like looking around my apartment, I think I like have bought two pieces of furniture and the rest of it I have like begged, borrowed or stolen. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good going. You're in the you're in the UK, so apartments come with like some basic level of furniture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this in this apartment, it only came with the thing that the TV's on in the kitchen table and everything else is mine. So Even the bed? Yeah, the bed's mine. Wow. That's wild. That's I, I bought the mattress, but the bed frame is a hand-me-down from it was. It has at some point been owned by every member of a local lesbian football club. So fantastic! It's seen <laughs> some things, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, great. <laughs> um, but you know, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the Thunderbird. That's true. Yeah. It's should a- we? Should we do that? Let's do it. You know what? Let's do it. Let's why, do why, it. Why not get crazy? You know, why not get weird? Let's get weird. Let's do it. Let's descend into madness together. Join us. <laughs> um, so I will say I started taking notes in my normal cryptid notebook mm-hmm. and then managed to lose it in the 40 square feet that I live in. Mm-hmm. So that'll turn up at some point. So then I had to retake a bunch of notes. Okay. Because I lost them. Ah, but that's fine because... That hot, hot commentary lives up here in the noggin. Yeah, it's so. coming off the dome. I took <laughs> yeah, so good. way more notes than I usually do. Dope. So I think we're good. Shall I intro the Thunderbird? Yeah, do it. Okay. The Thunderbird is a large bird mm-hmm. from North America. Yep. Uh, it is, it's been described as kind of condor-like. We're going to get into that later. Oh boy, we're going to get into what is it. Mm-hmm. But it's basically existed since the beginning of the historical record as far as anyone can tell or at least that's the claim that coleman and clark make in the cryptozoology a to z it it seems to be one of those ones you know i I feel like somewhere around a third to a half of the cryptids we talk about are cryptids that are actually just animals or stories from some cultures folklore Mm -hmm. that white people have like jumped onto and been like what if it's a cryptid Uh, and this is definitely one of those yeah, um, no, I'm definitely like with you on that camp. The the Thunderbird name is really just lifted from Native American folklore, like Indigenous Americans. It seems like primarily Indigenous Americans from the Pacific Coast, but mm-hmm. largely speaking, like everywhere, seems to at least have references to this, like Great Lakes, East Coast, the Southwest. They're all a bit, um, uh, they're all a bit different. So right, right, like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I. I don't know. Obviously, you. Uh, the one with a PhD in archaeology. <laughs> I I definitely, I don't know, this is something I've said before and is always my kind of approach to talking about this stuff. Is I'm more interested in the cryptid than the folklore, if that makes sense, yeah. just because I'm very conscious when we do this research. Like, even when you're reading about the Native American side of things, it's usually not writing that's been done by someone who's from that culture. Yeah. It's just like some rando person who often doesn't really know what they're talking about. So I like don't trust my own ability to research that intelligently. Yeah, no, um, I I definitely had um a lot of that and so I did end up going on some like weird research tangents I think sort of because of it. Right. Um nice. But, but then there's a bunch of stuff that I was like I don't even know enough to like be able to really authoritatively speak against right, it. Right, right, right. So I, I am going to, I think, say some stuff and be like, this is what I, the vibe that I'm getting. Because, mm-hmm. like, a lot of it was like, so, you know, you do have lots of different groups of Native people who all have different stories about the Thunderbird. Mm-hmm. And from what I could tell, many of them involved birds and also in some way involved thunder. Right. But, like the the native language did not necessarily reference that in the name mm-hmm. um and so thunderbird seems to just very much be like a label that other people have been like ah you're all talking about birds involving thunder the thunderbird when it's like the thunder is part of the mythos but was not necessarily the name sometimes yes right but not always yeah so anyway so i i'm very much that this is like a, a creature of mythology not a cryptid there were a bunch of websites and stuff that were like it could be a cryptid nah nah mate buddy no interestingly i was reading 
you know, there's like a Wikipedia page on the Thunderbird and it's, it's, you know, Thunderbird brackets mythology. And then they have like a page for Thunderbird disambiguation. And I was, I'd like to talk about that later, but I was reading through like the editing comments for the Thunderbird articles just for funsies and found that there had been a page called Thunderbird bracket cryptozoology, Uh but like the Wikipedia editing community decided to sort of fold bits of that into the mythology page and then delete it. Right. Um, So I just think that it's very interesting that like Wikipedia was like, no. You don't get to have a cryptozoology page. Well, see, that's interesting because I, I, the way I like to think about this is I think it is useful to separate out those two. To, I think it's useful to separate out Thunderbird as a uh, you know, creature from folklore that has like deep roots in cultural uh, stories, right? Like hmm. means a lot to one specific culture um, and particularly like a marginalized culture that often doesn't get to retain control of their own stories. Versus the cryptid, which is, you know, people often, like contemporary people who are looking at it less of a, through a folkloric lens and more as like, this is a thing that's happening out there. You know, let's have a list of sightings. Yeah. Like this very different approach. I think it is instructive to think of those two things as kind of two separate ideas and understand that think, one of them comes from the other. Yeah, but I think what sort of the point that because that I'm making is so like on the Wikipedia page for the mythology, it has like a scientific interpretation. Right. But then, you know, even just to say like, hey, you know, like not to separate it out to be like, you know, if you're seeing something, like call it something else, you know? Like, right. like right. So, so to not even be like, oh, this is part and parcel of the same bit to be like, no, no, the th- Thunderbird is from folklore. If you're seeing something, uh-huh. it's not this thing from folklore. Right. It, that's a whole other thing. Right, right, right. Name it something else. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And it does, yeah. it does seem like basically the idea of this like cryptid, the Thunderbird is actually just like big, big birds. Yeah. Like big birds. And it? yeah, big birds. The cryptid <laughs> is large, large birds. <laughs> And you know, birds be big sometimes. It's true. So. I I think I think that's that's all we needed to say. End of the episode. Birds be big sometimes. <laughs> Not always, but just as a treat. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I would like to take you on my journey of like googling Thunderbird. Please. So I I just go same same research thing. I just put in Google Thunderbird. What are we gonna find out? You know, obviously not every episode I Google Thunderbird. That'd be ridiculous. Very monotonous episodes. But the first two things that came up were the email client, mm-hmm. and then the car. Mm-hmm. So the email client is obviously from Mozilla, mm-hmm. and so I thought let me be thorough and let me download this and try it out because I hate emails so much, and maybe this will make me hate emails less. Mm-hmm. Um, Did it? No. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think anything can do that. I I hate emails. Just every day, you open up your email inbox, and you look at it, and you think, why did we domesticate animals? You know, why did we form societies? Why did we do any of this? Yeah. Like, some dick in the past was like, let me selectively breed this goat, and now I get emails. Uh Trash. Yep. Need to invent a time machine and go back and kill that person. Yeah, and be like Neolithic Revolution. You fucking suck it. You keep that there. Just like no, stop. (laughs) No, you have it so good. (laughs) Ah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so so that was my first thing. The the next thing was the I found the car. Right. Yep. So. It turns out that there is an entire car community on YouTube, and I got a little lost there mm-hmm. in in that. So I don't know if you read about this car. I I actually didn't do any car research. No, uh, no car. Re- okay, so the Ford Thunderbird was a car. It was like really really popular in the nineteen fifties, mm-hmm. and but the, they did make it up into like ninety seven, and then they rebooted it in two thousand and two, and like. This, like, I I will admit, I watched all these videos of people, like, reviewing them and then, like, driving around their vintage Thunderbirds and stuff. And they're, like, very heated debates about these cars in the comic sections. Like, and apparently there's whole drama amongst the car reviewing YouTube channels. And so it's, like, nice to know that every YouTube sub-community is, like, 
exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But it, it is, it's like a, it's a really cool car. Like, you, like if you imagine like the coolest 1950s convertible, like you're probably picturing the Thunderbird. Mm-hmm. But then this one reviewer was just like talking about it, whatever. And he's driving along. And then he's like, yeah, so like whatever, like the 57 T-Bird. And I had this moment where I was like, the fucking gang in Greece is named after this car? Yeah. Did you not know that? No. Okay. I like, I just accepted T-Bird as a name that had no rhyme or reason or sense to it. Uh-huh. I was just like, cool, that's whatever. I, I, first of all, didn't occur to me that it would be short for anything, um, let alone a car. Then I was like, I feel like the name is the gang name is so much more stupid now that I know that they just named themselves after a car. I mean, what did you think? What did you think it I was? Just, uh, I just thought that it was whatever, you know, like, why are the sharks and the jets called the sharks and the jets? Just because. I'm sure there are reasons there, too, that you just don't know. Maybe, but, like, <laughs> so so that was my, like, what is happening. Wow, this is really um, fucking you up, huh? Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm like, more mad about it, right? It's, it's just, if it was just an incoherent, random apostrophe in birds, it's like, you know what? Fine. That makes no sense, but it's fine. But like finding out that it's just named after a car that they thought was really cool and was like the really cool guy car is like if there was just a group of people at your high school who were like, yeah, we're the Lamborghinis. Like, that's so dumb. Yeah, but it's it so like fits with them, right? They're not like rocket scientists. No, but they just think they're so cool. Yeah. Just not- <laughs> I mean, was that not already obvious? <laughs> You've seen Greece. <laughs> I have, but they're now so much less cool. No, I always thought they were dogs. Uh, I mean, it, like, it was ridiculous, but I, I just didn't, I don't think I'd ever, like, processed, like, how dumb the whole the whole thing was until it was like, oh, they've named themselves after something. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. You've, you've been on a journey, truly. I have been on a journey. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> how do I come back from this? Oh, uh, and then I went on a journey of uh, of other things that have been named after Thunderbird and also cars that have been named after Native American tribes okay. and groups and things. Did you do the puppet TV show? Uh, yes, the, 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 the British one, yes. Uh-huh. So there's like a really long list. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to do loads of research for this. And the Wikipedia's like, nah, mate, I got you. So there are three Marvel characters called Thunderbird. Okay. Are they like different two iterations of, th- of the... Oh, you're, you're doing it. No, no. It. So the, f- the first two are both, I think, Navajo. Okay. So the first one was John Proudstar in 1975. He lasted like three issues and then was killed. So cool. Great. Um, the second one was that guy's brother... Great. She's also Navajo, 1984. Mm-hmm. Then the year 2000, New Thunderbird, but this guy's Indian, like Asian Indian. Hmm. What's interesting about... No, I don't know. I, I just hate... Whatever. That's weird. Uh, there's also a Thunderbird in Zelda. Yes, there is. Not on this list, interestingly, is that there is a Thunderbird in... Hilda, if you've ever watched that. No, I've Netflix. never watched that. It's a very charming animated show that I would recommend if you just want, like, a nice time. That's I've been looking out for something like that, so that's a good tip. Yeah, yeah, so there's a Thunderbird in that, and then obviously there's a Thunderbird in uh, American Gods as well. Mm-hmm. So there's two American films about wars called Thunderbirds, and then the British puppet TV show, and then there was a 2004 film based on that the puppets oh yeah i forgot about that so that was yeah there's a whole bunch of bands that have made songs called thunderbird including chuck berry mm-hmm. i can believe that, that his though i listened to it it's very jazzy it's about a car race though and it's about a ford thunderbird and a jaguar trying to outrun the cops mm-hmm. and then there's also a band called the fabulous thunderbirds didn't listen to any of their stuff because you know I do that. There's a bunch of like hotels and motels named after the Thunderbird. There's a bunch of schools 
Thunderbird School of Global Management. Don't like that. Yeah, don't, don't love like it. Nope. Also, super don't love. There's an Adventist Academy in Arizona. Hmm. So, like, that's upsetting. Hmm. There's an entertainment company. And then, okay, there's an air demonstration squadron called the Air Force Thunderbirds in the U.S. Great. U.S. Air Force Thunderbirds. And they have, like, a special little patch that they wear. Uh, the British Army has a missile called the Thunderbird. Fantastic. So in case you were worried that this was, like, just an American thing, we just name stuff after that. Yeah, um, it's not. The Canadians also have a squadron called the Thunderbirds. Great. Yeah, and then there's a bunch of places, glaciers and mountain and a lake. There's a microprocessor. Yep, that sounds yep. about right. Yep. And then a whole bunch of sports teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a train and motorcycle and a roller coaster and another roller coaster and wine, which I saw on one website just described it as like a cheap wine. So kind of a bummer to like not even make a nice wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I'm I'm depressed now. Sorry, I'm gonna keep the train that train rolling though, because then I was like, okay, cars that are named. <laughs> this I just went on a whole journey where I was like, I was, and then I was like, maybe I could do a thing where I could see like which brand was like the worst for just naming cars after Native American stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like going down this list uh, and was like, okay, like Chevy's got a couple, Ford's got one, Jeep's got a couple, um, and then it was like Pontiac. The entire brand. And I was like, ah. Yep, there it is. They're the worst. Uh-huh. There um, it is. Yeah, I got into this because obviously like the Winnebago is really famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're obviously a, a tribe of people, but also like an RV. Yeah. Um, but also like, not just like an RV, like you're in the US. Have you, there's like a, there's like a culture around Winnebago's. Yep. And they're like an easy butt of a joke. And I was like that. Like, it sucks enough that this company's been like, we're going to name our RV after a group uh-huh. of colonized peoples, but then also is like, turn it into, like, a butt of a joke. Yeah. It's kind of just an indictment of everything, really. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think we need to point the finger at anyone specifically here. Yeah. Point it at the world. Yep. That's where I kept getting lost in doing this research, just being like, Wow, that's, that's, uh, mm-hmm. it just sucks. A lot of things suck. Yeah. Not great. No. I feel like we need to pick it back up. I've dropped the mood. Yeah. I'm sorry. You should do that. Um, that's fine. What have you got? What have I got? Yeah, give me something. Uh, mm-hmm. uh I know. I, I read a bunch of Coleman and Clark on, uh, you know, the, the, less folklore more kind of cryptid side of this where they're like furiously trying to figure out like what are these big birds like mm. there must be an explanation and they talk about all the different types of bird it could be it's it's difficult because right again this is less like a single cryptid and more just like big birds throughout history it's mm. like every time someone's seen a big bird they're like it's the thunderbird and so it's really hard to pin down like even what the definition of the thunderbird is besides large birds there are there are a few really like high level things that seem to be common across most accounts um okay typically i don't know let me know if if you have read things to the contrary but it seems like a lot of the big sightings seem to agree on like just like large wingspan like 15 to 25 foot wingspan which is real big yeah um and uh, and there's a lot of discussion in the book I read about, you know, what kind of bird that we know to exist today could be responsible for for these kinds of sightings. A lot of the Coleman and Clark book focuses on different types of condor, just because condors are they're the... Big. They're real big. They have the l- largest wingspan of any flying bird that is around today. Uh, specifically the Andean condor. Is a is a real big boy has a ten foot I wingspan. Want to see how big it is. Ten foot wingspan is the um. typical number. Um, the Andean condor lives from seven to sixteen thousand feet in altitude up in the Andes, as you might expect, from like Colombia down to Tierra del Fuego, and it basically is a real big bird. So, are they just saying that like it, it came up to 
Oh, goodness, it's big. Yes. That it, that it like, came up to North America? Yeah, there are some suggestions. Um, I don't know, Monster Quest has some interesting stuff here that I'll get to about what could have happened there. But, you know, this is this is the problem is there is, like, one theory that could explain this, but in general, it's just kind of people clutching at straws, it seems, mm. where people are like, you saw a big bird, what's the biggest bird? It's this one that lives in the Andes. And then when people are like, how would that get to America? It's like, shrug. Mm. I don't know, big bird. You know, they say, so So one of the things about the uh, Andean condor is it's it's black, but it has this kind of collar of uh, white feathers around its neck. It, it looks like like a really cool like jacket collar. Right, right, right. Because I feel like a lot of times when birds are described as collared, they mean that it's like going all the way around, but it's very much like right. around the back. Like he's like a really cool like Air Force pilot. So yeah, it's it's real cool, um, and that's important because one of the big sightings in the U.S. was actually here in Illinois. There's what's called the 1977 Lawndale incident, where there's this kid, ten year old kid called uh, what's his name. So interestingly, I think the name that Coleman and Clark give for this guy is wrong. Okay. His name they put him down as Martin Lowe, but his name is actually Marlon Lowe. He's this 10-year-old kid, and uh, he is playing out in the yard. He sees these two huge birds, and one of these birds literally just, like, attacks him and picks him up, reportedly carries him, like, 30 feet, and then his mother comes out and sees this is going on and, and like, chases the bird away, and he gets dropped. But there are several eyewitnesses who saw this huge bird. They say it has, like, four-and-a-half-foot body and, like, this hooked bill and talons, uh, and importantly, they describe very clearly that this bird has this kind of white feathers around the neck. Mm-hmm. So one one of the suggestions was there is another type of condor, the California condor, which obviously is is does live in North America, um, hence the name. It's smaller than the uh, Andean condor, but it is indigenous to North America. The problem is that it doesn't have those white feathers on the neck that the Andean one does. Mm, yeah. Um, so a lot of the reason why people point to the Andean condor is because those white feathers kind of, uh, point towards it from this, specifically from this 1977 sighting. And, uh, and, you know, Coleman and Clark talk about this, this kind of sightings of large birds migrating and like the spring, March and April, and then late summer, like July and August, like around the Ozarks and the Appalachian Mountains, mm-hmm. um, like the Ohio River Valley, you see birds migrating, like really big ones down in, in the in the Smoky Mountains and Bald Mountains and so on. So there's a lot of discussion there around like what kind of bird it could be. The book I read really just mentioned condors, although Monster Quest will talk about some other potential ones there. But like we were talking about with Champ last month and before that, mm-hmm. the cryptozoologists really just have the one note that they bring out over and over and over again, which is... Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs! Yep, I saw that one for this. <laughs> yep, Coleman and Clark are very much like, yep, it's a dinosaur. They think it's teratons, which are basically older extinct variations of these kind of raptors, like the condors mm-hmm. that exist today. So it's not like full-on dinosaurs like pterosaurs. Or at least, as far as Common Clark are concerned, it isn't full-on pterosaur dinosaurs. It's just, like, um, precursors to those birds that exist today. So they, they mentioned some extinct pterotons, like uh, Pterotonus meriami, which has a wingspan of 12 feet, and then Pterotonus incredibilis, which has been found in the fossil record in Nevada and California, which has, like, a wingspan of 17 um, one of the things they, they focus on is a, a fossil that was found in Argentina. Um, this guy, Dr. Kenneth E. Campbell, um, who's one of, one of the paleontologists who discovered this fossil, which has a 24-foot wingspan. He, he basically thinks that these teratons are not carrion eaters like the condors are. Um, right? It's not just like feasting on carcasses. Yeah. He thinks actually, based on the hooked beak, he thinks they, they, that's more similar to birds which try to grab small animals and swallow them whole. Mm. Um, so he thinks they're more close, closer to a predator than a carrion eater. 
Okay. And one of his suggestions, which I was like, at, at the end, I'm like, Ugh, is, uh, is like, he's just the Native Americans were killing these teratons. And that's why their folklore references these Thunderbirds, is they were actually talking about these teratons that they were. Yeah, I saw this as well, that there was like some stuff where people were like, oh, well, Native people's coming over into the Americas, you know, bearing straight times, um, like would have potentially overlapped with these kinds of creatures. So it could be like talking about a distant cultural memory. There's another person who uh, Adrian Mayer and Tom Holland have said that it could be that they've like found fossils of these big, big creatures and been like, oh yeah, that's, that's the Thunderbird. Yeah. Um, I saw that, but, but, you know, I'm always very side-eyeing anyone who like reads into Native American folklore and is like trying to explain it away when they're not part of that culture. I'm just like, yeah, hard same. I'm just like, fuck off. I don't care what you have Mm -hmm. to say. (laughs) I agree. Yeah. I, that's just, I just agree with you. That's it. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) This doesn't normally happen. I know. Right. After after last time, we're we're getting on so well. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh-huh. Um, do, do you want to do you want to go into Monster Quest? I think it's time. I can go into Monster Quest. I can do it. Can I just say we were talking about how Thunderbird, appropriate name for folklore, not an appropriate name for the cryptid. Yeah. The title of this season one, episode four of Monster Quest, I think, is a good replacement because the title okay, of okay, hit me. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Hold on. I'm ready. Okay. Title of this episode is it's just one word. It's very simple. It's Birdzilla. I love it. Right. I'm down. Yep. Birdzilla. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Monster Quest, I think I was surprised. I was very surprised at because usually when I do research, I start with Coleman and Clark. I've got my cryptozoology mm-hmm. A to Z here. Um, that's usually my first part of call. I was surprised at the extent to which the Monster Quest episode followed their entry in the book. Mm. Um, Does it not normally? Uh, I, I wonder if it is just... Um, the fact that it's an early episode. I feel like later episodes of Monster Quest, often they spend more time like assembling a ragtag crew to do some kind of bullshit experiment. Um, mm-hmm. That's usually how a Monster Quest goes, but this was one of the first episodes, so there wasn't any like getting people together to like do some bullshit with like trawling a lake or something. It really was just a lot of interviews with people. A lot of names from the book came up in the episode, so I mentioned so like um, more monster, less quest. Yeah, exactly. Basically, all the names from the book get interviewed. Um, that's how I figured out that they got the name of the um, kid in Lawndale wrong in the book. Okay. They call him Martin Lowe, but it's actually Marlon Lowe, and I know that because they literally just interview him as an adult for the show. So there's a, they they cover a bunch of stuff I've already talked about. Um, they, I feel like even outside of like being a cryptid thing, I would just want to hear an interview with somebody who was like kidnapped by a bird as a child. Yeah. Um, just to like find out what their life's been like since then, you know? Yeah. You don't, you don't talk a lot about, I don't talk at all, I think, about what his experiences as an adult have been like. Um, like, but, is he scared of birds? Like, what? what's the what? You know what I mean? He doesn't see... He didn't give give off a nervous vibe to me, but he was very certain that his experience was, was like, 100% accurate. You know, there were a lot of... Mm. Basically, a lot of experts... Skipping ahead a little bit, but there were a lot of bird experts who were, like... I could see a big bird, like, knocking him off his feet, but, like, picking him up and carrying him 30 feet, like, that seems unlikely. Mm-hmm. But he is, like, adamant. He's like, nope, that bird carried me 30 feet. He seems very sure of himself. And he, I don't know. His his testimony didn't seem to be, like, he didn't seem to be, like, super broken up about it. He was just like, nope, this thing happened. Fair. Um, and there was a very, very good uh, dramatic reconstruction of the bird carrying the child. Yes. There's a lot of there's a shot of you know the talons coming down into into shot and holding this kid by the tank top like close up. Was it like practical uh, effects? Please tell me. Yeah. I I think it was practical effects. Yes. I think they had some some talons coming down from out of shot uh, attached to this kid's t-shirt. It was real good. 
Love but, uh, it. Yeah, I don't know. Like like all kind of cryptid stuff, this show very briefly talks about the native folklore uh, and then throws it out completely. It really doesn't mm-hmm. go into any detail at all. They interview uh, a native guy, Duke Addicts, for like 20 seconds at the start and then just don't include anything else. I, I don't know. I wonder whether they interviewed him more and then just cut out basically all of it. I have no idea. But basically, they just have a soundbite from him. He's like, there's really two types of Thunderbird in folklore. There's the helpful kind and the dangerous kind. And then there's no... There's nothing after that. That's just the end of the soundbite. Um, no. Yeah. Unhelpful. It's not helpful. Uh, they mention an account from a Jesuit priest back in a 1673 expedition in the Mississippi River. Notoriously reliable. Uh-huh. This, this uh, priest, Jacques Marquette, he didn't even see any kind of birdzilla. He just sees some large petroglyphs of spooky birds from native people. And then he says something about savages, so I'm like, fuck this guy. Yeah. I really just mentioned that so I could be like, fuck this guy. Uh, but fuck this guy. Um, and then they they pivot from that to talking about Ken Campbell, who's the guy I mentioned earlier, the this paleontologist who discovered the fossil in Argentina. He actually has a reconstructed head of this fossil. Mm, is it cool? Uh, it's it's basically just like an eagle head, yeah. but it's like it's like on a level with him. I mean, it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. You know, it's an eagle head, but uh, but it's it's like on a level with him almost. And he's like, this is. Even though it's just a head, it's like as high as it would be on the bird. So you can see like the bird is basically as tall as this guy. Um, and the fossil itself is like eight to ten million years old. But uh, but yeah, it's a it's a real big boy. Um, mm-hmm. And then they they pivot from that to some discussions of of like modern day sightings of large birds. There was a hunter called Walker who sees a large soaring bird with scary looking feathers. They jump through a few other experts some of them are quote-unquote experts other ones are real experts there's a cryptozoologist who's done research on giant flying birds in america his name is ken gerhardt uh he has a cowboy hat with a silver skull on that's his thing i mean a strong look it is he's pulling it off um and then they have this guy patrick reddig who is a, a scientist he works at the raptor center at the university of minnesota um and he's talking about this kind of you know this theory of a missing link like a big bird a birdzilla that exists today that is like a link back to these more prehistoric creatures from the fossil record the bigger birds okay. he's basically like i'd love to see it no one's seen it i don't believe that exists unless you like show me one alive now uh which i kind of like that vibe of be like i don't know about this but like it'd be cool right right he's <laughs> like yeah that that would be great if that existed but no <laughs> Also, like, if it does exist, like, I like I want to look at it because you know, why not? But uh-huh. uh, but I'm not gonna hold my breath. I, that's a, I feel like that's a healthy vibe. It is a healthy vibe, right? He he's you know enthusiastic but skeptical at the same time, which yeah, I'm a fan of that. Yeah. Um, they uh they pivot to this guy uh, A J Huffer, who's an eyewitness from Shelbyville here in Illinois, and he he. His job was like doing video basically for TV and he he took some footage which is proof uh, of these giant birds. It's just footage of a bird in the sky flying. It's just like, here's my Uh... proof. And then it's just a video of bird. It's just a bird video. Um, And so Monster Quest is like, uh, like we're going to reach out to some experts, some bird experts to review this footage and and get what they think. Um, So they show this guy... Yeah, well, no, they actually really are experts. They get Dr. Mike Wallace, who's from the Zoological Society of San Diego. Oh, you know, I wasn't saying that they were. I just you know, I was naming them all as Bexperts. Yep. Bexperts. Right. Oh, oh, I missed the B. Yeah, Bexperts, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Mike yes. Wallace, famed Bexpert. Um, mm-hmm. He looks at this footage for about 0.2 seconds, and he's like, oh, that's a turkey vulture. <laughs> and then they get a biologist called David Hancock, um, who looks at this footage and is like... Uh, that's a turkey vulture. In fact, he was like, he was watching this footage and he was like, that's a turkey vulture. And then the later on, there's like another shot and he's like, well, that's a turkey vulture, but it's a different turkey vulture. You can just like tell from the 
like shapes of them that they are the same species of bird but they are not the same bird i was gonna say like yeah people who are bird experts are on like a whole other level yeah you know truly uh they go back to red egg who was the guy if you remember from a second ago was like i'd love to see this missing link but i don't think it exists he's looking at it and he's like um i actually think those birds are are bigger i i don't know i could conclusively say that's a turkey vulture it does look like it could be a bigger bird then they they do a, a detour to talk to um some people in alaska they have they interview two eyewitnesses back to back who are both both called moses nice. so the Moseses are like yeah i've seen big birds they talk to a uh, a pilot in alaska called john Booker who saw a large bird while he was flying he was like this bird had a 14 foot wingspan uh, and it flew close to my plane some people were like no what you saw was a stellar sea eagle which has a eight foot wingspan but then this pilot was just like no i don't i don't think it was a stellar sea eagle and then the highlight of the episode is uh <laughs> they go speak to a scientist who is a, a researcher on perspective okay and he i don't do you know the the father ted skit where father ted is teaching father Dougal? he's got a a a, like a painting or a picture of some cows and he's like these cows are small and these cows are far away (laughs) and they literally have like the research expert who's like now you could think that you're looking at a large bird what you actually could be looking at is a a smaller bird that's closer to you (laughs) Um, and it literally, he's like talking through this as if it's like complicated scientific theory, but he's literally just explaining the idea that things can be bigger and further away or smaller and closer. Uh, and, uh, and they're like, like doing this scientifically. And it's like, yes, I understand this concept that, that maybe they're like, maybe like there is a correlation between size and distance uh and it's very funny but basically the idea is when you're looking at birds you're looking at the sky Mm -hmm. and there's no reference object in the sky for you to compare the size of something to yeah so like it's really hard to gauge how close something is to you uh and then from that how big it is i I was gonna say i mean i was just thinking like the the pilot who was like oh no this was bigger than that and it's like well like how close are you normally to these kinds of right. like was it was it a sea eagle did you say yeah um so like you know maybe it was only nine feet but you're just never been close enough to one to be like oh yeah that's nine feet right um and so it just seems really big because you're closer than normal right so so I do think that this perspective guy did actually need to take us back to like school because uh maybe I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, Just to be like, guys, simple things, guys. You know, you know. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, then Monster Quest commissions uh, American Kite Association's 2005 champion kite builder Cliff Quinn to build a large bird-like kite. Nice, love it. And fly it in the sky. And then basically just like talk to randos in the vicinity and be like, "How big do you think that kite is?" And uh, it's 25 feet. Is the actual size. <laughs> And basically, they just ask a bunch of people, and they don't do a good job of guessing how big it is. One of them is like, is that 100 feet? (laughs) Uh, So, uh, it turns out, actually, yeah, people suck at that. They then pivot, they then then kind of explode their own theory by going to a sighting in Texas in 1995. There's this guy called Guadalupe Cantu, who's driving, and they see this huge bird on a telephone pole. Um, And they interview this guy, and he's like, yeah, um... I think it was like 15 to 25 foot wingspan. Um, and, and you know, they're saying there like, because the bird is on a telephone pole, he has a frame of reference to compare it to. It's not just like up in the sky. Hmm. Um, it's like, ah, so here's a sighting where the perspective thing can't be applied. Um, so it's like, yeah, sure, I guess. And then they, um, they talk to Marlon Lowe. I mentioned that already. They, uh, they have this incredible reenactment and they talk about, it being a condor and then they go back to mike wallace who is is this guy from the zoological society of san diego who was like it was not a condor it couldn't have been a condor 
The reason being that, you know, typically condors live in mountainous environments or like canyon environments. Um, and those kinds of environments are the only kind of places you get like the airflow and thermal movements that condors mm -hmm. rely to fly. Literally, like if you're in Illinois, if you're on the plane, you don't get that. Like condors can't fly in that environment because they don't get those kind of upward air movements on which to soar. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, it couldn't have been a condor. And then they... Um, pivot to talking about the crowned eagle, which lives in America, but uh, basically comparing the the beaks and the, and the talons of the eagle compared to the condor, and they're basically like, the eagle, because the eagle hunts and does pick up prey, it is much more, much better suited to pick things up and carry them, or at the very least to like knock people off their feet by trying to do that. Um, and so they're like, actually, we we think probably if, if this if Marlon Lowe was picked up by a bird or at least knocked off his feet by a bird, then it probably would have been an eagle rather than a condor. Um, yeah, I, I just looked at pictures of the crowned eagle. They are the ones, if anyone has ever seen that, like can put their feathers up in the back of their head and they look like little little ears. Yep. Um, but also there's a picture here of somebody comparing like an adult male fist to like a juvenile claw and they're like, the, the, the like claw of a juvenile um, crowned eagle can cover this guy's fist. So right, they're they're big boys. They are big boys, right? So that that's like the leading theory as far as uh, Marlon Lowe is concerned. Um, then they pivot for some reason into talking about um, appearances of big birds in fiction. They're like, you know, culturally, big birds are just like generally a thing. They mentioned Sinbad yeah. and Hercules, New York. Wait, do you say New York? Yes. Go on. Big Bird. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> we couldn't have an entire episode talking about Big Bird and not talk about him. Yeah, but you just said New York. That's not specific enough. <laughs> New York City. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, I've knocked you off your funky flow. Go ahead. Uh, so, so the suggestion of how a uh, crowned eagle would have shown up in uh, in what was it, Springfield, Illinois, or Lawndale? Sorry, Illinois. God, there are so many Illinois here. I'm, I apologize on behalf of my state. Um, suggests that in the in the late seventies there was an El Nino, a you know weather pattern um, that could have thrown off migration patterns and ended up with mm -hmm. these large birds ending up in the US where they usually wouldn't be. That's kind of a tenuous theory, but people are just like, maybe this happened, shrugs. Then they blow up their own theory again by uh, bringing in a scientist to talk about the crowned eagle. The scientist is very funny because they basically are talking about how typically, although there is evidence of um, crowned eagles hunting primates and, and eating primates, Mm -hmm. Rather than going flying down and picking up a primate hole and carrying it away, as happened in the Marlin Low case, usually the eagle tears the limbs off the primate. Uh, Gross. Yeah, and then uh, basically flies away and like will keep coming down to the carcass to pick up chunks that he refers to as drumsticks. Gross. Um, Double gross. Yeah, and like take basically like kill it in place and then go back and and have a little drumstick snack over time um so he's like yeah i doubt a crowned eagle would have flown down and picked up this kid like if that happened it would have just like dismembered him and like mm -hmm. come come to get little bits and then they they kind of end on a shrug they mention that giganticism is totally possible in known species mm -hmm. um probably marlon Lowe was just thrown off his feet by a larger variant of a known raptor like a some kind of known bird. And they're just like, okay, sh yeah, yeah. shrug, just a big, just a big boy. Uh, and then that's it, basically. They just like... So they didn't even do like... So they did one weird experiment, I guess. I mean, not really, to be honest. Well, they did the kite thing. They did the kite thing. Yeah, I guess that's like a small weird experiment. But yeah, mostly they mm. just did interviews. Honestly, I was kind of here for it because usually the experiments they do are bullshit. Yeah. 
So it was nice to just have like a bunch of interviews. And also like I was surprised by how many like real non-crackpot scientists they had. That was nice. Yeah. I feel yeah. I mean obviously I didn't watch it, but I feel like they should have interviewed more bird experts. Experts. No, they had like three plus experts. There's always room for more experts. I mean that's more experts than they would usually interview. Usually they get one, like, real scientist in who is like, this is some bullshit. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. That's my check-in with Monster Quest. That's all I got. Nice. I think I think right now I have a particular fondness for Bexperts because I just watched this Netflix documentary on bird watchers and it was really good. And cool. now I'm just in, like, a really good place with, the you know, just a lot of love for, for bird watchers. Nice. Um, so if you're looking for other recommendations... There's a documentary called Birders. It's like half an hour long, and it's just real cool. That's a nice manageable length. Yeah. Uh, however, I will warn that it's about this like area of of great bird biodiversity that's on the U.S. Mexican border. Mm-hmm. So they like the first half of the documentary they interview people on like the U.S. side, and then the second half on the Mexican side. Mm-hmm. And so half the documentary is in English and half in Spanish. Ooh, cool. Um, and so when I started watching it, the subtitles were in Spanish, and I was like, what's happening? Um, I was like, why are there Spanish subtitles? And then I realized that it, like, guesses a language that you know of either English or Spanish, and then it subtitles the half that it thinks you don't understand. Interesting. Um, yeah. Because I was like, what? okay, I guess I just have Spanish subtitles, and then the Spanish part started and didn't have subtitles anymore. And I was like, ah. <laughs> I see. <laughs> you figured it out. You um, solved the Spanish puzzle. Yes. Nice. Um, but it was a really good time, and everyone was just, like, so lovely, and they just loved birds so much, and they were working so hard, and I was like, oh, okay. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Protect the birds. Um, Here we yes. go. Official yeah, recommendation. So I, uh, yeah. I, I feel like we've uh, we've come to the end of... Of Thunderbird. I think you're right. I I think I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I think we've, we're pretty safe in concluding that Thunderbird's not a cryptid. Hmm, interesting. Do we think they're not a cryptid or do we think they're a distribution anomaly? Well, I think the Birdzilla is a distribution anomaly. Yeah, okay. But, but like Thunderbird. Yeah, Thunderbird, not a cryptid. Birdzilla, yes. distribution anomaly. Yeah. There we go. Agreed. Or just people not knowing about birds. Yeah, maybe that's also not a cryptid. It's like you just, were like yeah. you were saying. <laughs> there's not even a kind of, <laughs> on the list of things that aren't a cryptid. There's just there's not even an option that's just like people be dumb. Yeah, it's like you were saying in the last episode. Like a lot of people just don't know how big fish can be. I feel like the same is like a lot of people just don't know how big birds can be. Yeah, yeah. We just don't know things. We're we're too. You know, distant from from nature, now. Truly, yeah. I can look out my window and and remember what nature used to feel like. I miss it. Yeah. Where are you on the internet, Lois? Oh yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Supits Lois. That's S U P I T S L O I S. Um, where. You know, we're all stuck inside, so I'm there a lot, and every night I live tweet a film that I watch, so that's fun for me. It is fun. Um, <laughs> I read some of those tweets. Uh, it, it's been, yeah, it's fun. It means I'm, like, forcing myself to watch a film every night, which has actually been really fun. So, yeah, where can people find you? Yeah, I'm back on the internet because we're stuck inside and there's not much else to do. Uh, so I went back onto Twitter. I'm at KnifeWitch. Uh, follow me if you want to. I have like no followers because I just created it again. And all I do is post bullshit. So go there. Check <laughs> that out. Um, um, you can also follow our editor on Twitter, uh, the lovely and beautiful Ben. And they are at Low Cinnabar, which is L O W underscore C I N N A B A R. Yes. Uh, let's see where else you can follow the show uh, on Twitter at Cryptid Zone. You can follow us on Instagram at Cryptid underscore Zone. Mm-hmm. Cryptid Zone exists, uh, has never posted, and did not respond to my message. 
Um, so note the underscore. We also have a Facebook, right? What's the Facebook? Uh, I think it's just facebook.com slash cryptid zone. Great. Do I update it? No. Nope. I don't um, even have a Facebook anymore. So who the fuck knows? Yeah. I did post for questions earlier, but I don't think anyone's responded. Yeah, I didn't see any answers. I guess everyone's too busy. Uh, I don't know, staying inside or something. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hold on. We have one response. Ah, ah, okay. We have one response from at goofyman underscore go, which is how are you and how's your quarantine going? That's the first part. Uh, well, we, we answer that at the top that we're doing okay and quarantine is fine so far. Um, <laughs> we're inside, you know, you know how it is. We're okay so far. Yeah, we're all right so far. Uh, one nice thing, though, is I, I did tweet about this, but um, uh, a bunch of the like ladies who are in my building have organized cooking for everybody three days a week. Yeah, I heard about that. Um, That's really cool. Which is so, and the food is so good. It's just been like, like the most incredible curries mm. ever, and just like next level. So you get like a box of curry and a box of rice, and it's so good. That's amazing. Um, however, I went down to get it the other day, and the woman who had cooked was like, "Are you going to be okay with the spice?" And I was like, "Cruel but fair." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, mm, "Yeah." I'll be I'll be okay, but only just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but so it's been okay so far. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and then it says also is Thunderbird just a very loud type bird of bird or a Thor like bird? Well, I mean, if you listen to the last hour of us chatting, you'll know answer that question. Yep, we did um, it. And then they say, and also wanted to say that you're a bunch of cuties, and they hope that we're doing well. Aw, likewise, we are a bunch of cuties. It's true. Yeah. A hope bundle. You're doing well too. Yeah. Um, <sighs> yeah. And uh, then, uh, do you want to know what we're doing next month? Yes, please tell me. I must know. <laughs> so next month, uh, when we return to the Cryptozone, we're going to be talking about uh, the Hodag, which was uh, requested by at Space Stitcher on Twitter and also friend of the pod, Linnea. The the hobag, did you say? Ho hodag. Okay, the hobag. Nice. If if memory serves, this means that we'll be going back into a fearsome critter territory. Hell yeah. Looping so back it's around. like folklore, but folklore that we can like rip into. Yeah, hell yeah. Big fan. <laughs> yeah. Uh but anyway, come back next month for that. Yeah. Uh and uh stay safe until then, I guess. Yeah. Hang in there. Yeah. You know, uh, don't let stuff get you down. True. Yeah. Pet some cats. If you can. Mm -hmm. Would you date a giant bird? You know, I don't know. I feel like there's so much uncertainty there around like what, what I'm getting into. I feel like I wouldn't be against it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I feel like the information presented to us is too vague for me to make a decision. I, I agree. I feel like normally by the time we've got to the end of the episode, we've sort of got a sense of like personality or at least we've sort of decided one. Yeah. But this is just like maybe there are large birds. Yeah. This is just kind of enshrouded in mystery. So I, yeah. I don't think I could say. I think maybe maybe that maybe I don't know is a no. Or, you know, I don't yeah. know is not a yes. So it's a no. I think I think same for me. Cool. There we go. Yeah. Problem yeah, solved. The end. Bye. Rip. Bye bye. <laughs> Have a good month. Um, ben, if you could actually put a little clip of that Chuck Berry song just right here, please. Thank oh, you. is that going to be our outro music? Yes. Nice. Ten mile stretch on the Indiana road with a sky blue jaguar and a thunderbird bow. Jaguar sitting on nine and nine, trying to beat the bird to the county line. Just a half a mile from Newtonville, had a speed sign sitting at the top of the hill. Said thirty-five. Stay in line, but the Jaguar Thunderbird never made the signs.